0: Welcome to the Cardo Martin Podcast, Building Surveying for Professionals, giving you a detailed and technical view of the world of building surveying. In this episode, we're going to have a chat with Richard Pegman, a director at Cardo Martin, on a subject lots of us will have thought about, but perhaps not made the decision to actually go and do it. And maybe there will be some listeners out there who still have some slight regrets. Welcome, Richard. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, James. Hi, James. Before we start, I know we've done the quick fire round during your A to Z of Building Surveying podcast, but I think it would be useful to give everyone a quick intro on who you are and what you
1: do. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, director of uh, Cardo Martin uh, Building Surveying Practice, um, and I undertake all all aspects of, of building surveying, basically, so everything from building surveys um, to party wall professional services and contracts administration work.
0: Thank you very much. So join us now for a journey through time and materials as we reveal surveying abroad. Right, Richard, so uh, I've been looking forward to this one. This is going to be something close to my heart, travel and experience and and working abroad. Tell us a
1: little bit about where did you work abroad and for how long were you there? I, I worked in the Bahamas for several months back in 2011 and yeah it was the aftermath of hurricane irene so i was dealing with with the claims over there for remedial work for for repairs to hurricane damaged properties basically uh so i was dealing with a wide range of of different properties everything from a a marine to a a hotel um a docks where the piers had had been um, washed away basically um to to mansion houses um and uh, some of the high-end uh hotel developments out there
0: tell us about how did you come to work there and it seems quite an interesting place to have turned up just out of the blue
1: yeah I, well i was very lucky to be um to be put forward for it basically by my manager at the time i was working for an american company and they'd sent a, a request across for for names to be put forward for i think there was 10 people they needed to go out um to the bahamas uh to, to act as, as loss adjusters. So I had a phone call from my manager and he said, are you interested in this? Can I put you forward? And about 0.1 milliseconds later, I answered <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, and he did. And I was, yeah, I was looking enough to be offered the opportunity.
0: I know the Bahamas are quite influenced by the Americas, aren't they? So why, why wouldn't they have just recruited in the American surveyors?
1: So they they did. I mean, there were a few American loss adjusters who we worked with in our team, but I, there were there was loss adjusters from all over the world. There was uh, there was some from Jamaica, Canada, uh, US. So we were just a, a part of that basically. But it's it's getting the numbers of people when it's a, a fairly large event like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting enough people down there basically with the experience to to deal with it.
0: So I think you've covered a little bit of this, but what made you
1: decide to do this? Um, well, yeah. Not, who wouldn't jump at the uh, the chance to to work in the Bahamas? Um, it, it certainly didn't disappoint, despite the the tragic circumstances. Um, it was just uh, it was a fantastic place to be. Uh, everything out there is so so vivid and bright. Um, it was yeah. It was just like being in, in Technicolor. So the, the chance to to be out um, in, in a different environment very much appealed. Had you been to the Caribbean on holiday before? or Was this your first time? No, I'd not. I'd never been to the Caribbean, so yeah, it was the first time. Yeah.
0: Now, were there any memorable jobs during the time you spent in the Bahamas?
1: I'm, I'm not sure about uh, memorable, but um, I did spot Nicholas uh, Cage at the airport, um, which I've never forgotten when we we came into the uh, the main airport there. Um, some other things that sort of stick out in my mind um, were the time that my uh, I had a, an old Buick that I as uh, a hire car that I used to drive around it. Um, and, uh, one day it just was on the, the freeway and it, it just gave up the ghost. All the warning lights came on and it just, it conked out while I was driving along. So that was interesting. There was, there was a property I was trying to arrange access to, and I'd been trying to, to get hold of the, the owner who was a American for, for weeks. And eventually I managed to speak to her on the phone and she said she was due to be flying in. Uh, at some point in the next few days, so I said, you know, can you tell me what flight you're on and uh, the place where her house was um, quite near to the airport. So, and then she basically replied that she'd be flying in using her own jets. <laughs> so, so that was interesting. Other uh, memorable moments were we had a, a fantastic um, barbecue on the beach outside the hotel, eating crayfish that we'd um, we'd caught basically um, had been caught yeah outside um, the, the the hotel where we were.
0: So it sounds like a good balance of work and fun or is it kind of the work was just fun and that was
1: kind of it was all just fun uh it, it was long days it was it was the the fun you know there were occasions when we we uh, we did events like that but most of the time it, it was long days it, it was it was quite um hard going but um it was it's one of those things it, yeah it was very well worthwhile and it felt a great sense of achievement at the end of uh, at the end of my time there
0: so what would you say are the challenges that working in a foreign country can bring to your uh, your job and your, your
1: life? Gosh, I, I think there's there's plenty of challenges. For a start, there's getting to grips with the logistics um, of, of where you are, so directions and maps. That was very difficult where on the island I was, uh, Abaco in the Bahamas, because they don't really um, go in for road signs or house numbers out there. So even finding your way around without sat-nav um, or or any decent maps was was very difficult. I remember you know people would give directions like it's the it's the octagonal house on the right hand side of the quay and you'd uh, you'd be needing to sort of uh, go back to basics and, and to try and find your way around. Also. It, it was just so different out there in that it wasn't always uh, possible to drive out um, to some of the, the buildings and developments we were looking at. Sometimes it involved uh, arranging a, to get there on a speedboat. It's also quite challenging having to work out how to survey properties when you used to being able to refer to, to to maps and to be able to get the train or bus. Obviously, I was relying on a hire car out there. Um, and they drive on the right in the Bahamas which is uh, which is one thing but the cars have the steering wheel on the left so it it takes a bit of getting used to a bit like patting your head in and, and putting it sending your hand on your stomach so think about kind of the legislation side of things
0: did you have to retrain to get this this gig or are there any extra local exams to learn about or regulations or law that would be more applicable in the Caribbean than there would be in the UK
1: yeah, so there weren't any exams, um, but I did did have to undergo some training, basically, several days of training when I first got out there. It's, it's the... The construction methods out there are completely different to the UK. Some of the buildings are very rudimentary. So, for example, they're, they're just uh, they're very basic shuttered concrete structures. They've got very little in the way of footings or foundations, and uh, and they'll have very basic sort of uh, felt shingles for roof coverings. So there were higher spec properties out there as well. Um, You know, some some buildings were really high spec. They had like 140 mile an hour hurricane proof uh, roofs and things like that. So there was a a real uh, mixture.
0: Did they work these roofs or were you still doing as much of a job on, on those as you were loss adjusting the smaller ones? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, most of them worked um, yeah most most of the higher spec buildings worked. it was generally the 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 more basic construction that really suffered the the biggest losses yeah and everything the whole construction industry operates completely differently out there. Nearly every single material that's that's used in the construction of those buildings has come down on a boat from America. So the, the construction costs are, are massively high, um, even for what you'd consider over here really basic construction. The the costs can be eye-watering and, and sort of understanding that quite early on was was important for accurately pricing things up. So how difficult was
0: it to take on a job in a country you'd never been to before? And it was quite a short-term job, as opposed to long-term, which we can talk about later. It kind of been easy just to, um, just to rock up with a suitcase and, and then get to work after a bit of training.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there were certainly challenges. Um, when I first uh, arrived at the main airport, I, I didn't know any of the other members from my own company, basically, because we've got quite a big team that come from different parts of the country. And an overzealous immigration uh, official at the airport uh, wasn't going to let me through because I didn't know uh, the address of the hotel. I hadn't been told the address of the hotel I was staying at on the first night, uh, where we we're going to be for a couple of nights. So <laughs> luckily, I managed to, um, to flag down uh, somebody from our company and they, they, they managed to get through in the end, didn't have to spend a night at the airport. But there's other challenges as well, like getting to grips with inherent cultural differences uh, within the team, you know, colleagues from, like I mentioned before, from all over the world. And it, it, it's just, um, yeah, getting on and, and building relationships with them. Um, we had to build an office from scratch and and figure out how, how to divide the, the work up by the team to, to deal by things uh, by priority, basically.
0: Maybe I'm being a bit harsh to your company, but it does sound like they parachuted you in with um, a ration pack and a, like a packed lunch into this place without giving you the details. So would you advise anyone who's doing the same to to perhaps dig around a bit deeper and get a lot more answers to everything and be really panicky about those details when they arrive?
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one because um, I think you can you can only prepare so much for so the, the company was geared up for these kind of events to take place, but so soon after an event like that. You don't actually know what the conditions are, are like on the ground. So, in my suitcase, I was putting you know wet weather gear along with uh, my my sort of my Bermuda shorts. It was it's very difficult to know uh, what we were in for, and and they can't they can't sort of tell you that. So it's just a case of, as you say, doing what reading up you can before and trying to work out what you're going to be in for. What
0: advice would you give to a surveyor looking to work abroad?
1: I think, as you say, doing as much research as, as possible. Um, I think finding out not just about the um, the work itself, um, well, that's an important sort of element of it, but what what, what life is like, how the how you're actually going to live day to day, and how that's all going to sort of um, to work out. It's it's very easy to. Um, to sort of think you know just about a location and think you know these are the that's somewhere i want to go and, and that's something i want to experience but it's it's, it's looking at the bigger picture of, of everything that's involved i think that's that's important
0: one of the interesting challenges some people will face is and i guess you've got to lightly offered it is that you went for a couple of months whereas some people might be anticipating a full move would you Obviously, I I think we can discuss in a second about whether you would have stayed in the uh, Caribbean. But would you look to work abroad as a more permanent solution, say, if you were looking in Texas or uh, Arizona or went over to New Zealand or Australia?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it's certainly something I'd I'd like to do again. <laughs> At the end of um, you know that, the few months that I was in the Bahamas for, it was yeah working in the heat in, in forty degree heat every day um, and the mosquito bites. I was ready to go home, but I'd a, you know I'd really enjoyed the experience. But I, I think yeah, working abroad for a longer period of time is, is something that definitely appeals to me. But it, it's just about finding the, the kind of role and the uh, the experience along with the location that really you, he's going to suit you that's the most important thing what about the impact on family life
0: because this is some time ago and i know you have a family now what was a family a consideration when you uh when you left in 2011
1: no it wasn't it wasn't at the time it was quite easy sort of the drop of a hat just to uh to head out there but uh the same wouldn't be true now i've got a um a three-year-old boy and a nine-month-old boy so yeah who's going through some teething at the problem at the moment so i wouldn't be too popular if i disappeared off to the the caribbean for a few months at the moment
0: but what about if you took them somewhere completely different and did a permanent shift or maybe a two to three year secondment
1: yeah definitely i, I think that's um you know there's a lot of um, amazing experiences out there of, of different places that you can work and i think it would be great great sort of to immerse them in in a different culture and i think they they could gain a lot from that so yeah it it could be interesting
0: do you think your building surveying has improved because of your experiences abroad or do you think it was a perhaps a diversion rather than an addition
1: it was it was it was a diversion. i mean it it was interesting i don't think you always there's always new thing the thing about building surveying is there's always new things to be learned and it was certainly that but as much as the um as much as the, the, the technical side of things, it, it was the dealing with the um, with the people themselves. So these people who, who held insurance had been paying thousands and thousands of pounds a month for, for hurricane insurance, basically. Managing their expectations um, and, and dealing with the claims was, and those, those relationships with them was, was as important as the technical aspect side of things.
0: So it sounded like you need quite a lot of emotional intelligence, a lot of patience. Um, to do with people going through a trauma, and, and did you have to apply a lot of rules, or could you manage the situation as you saw fit? Was it more right framework over the top? Does it fit? Does it not?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you'd have to be giving um, a, a decision to people on on your initial visit about you know whether this is something whether the 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 insurance policy would kick in and it's something that you'd be able to um, to put to their insurers, but. Uh, that didn't always um, satisfy the, um, the 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 insured. Basically, I, I remember there was one particular um, guy who his his house was it was a fairly basic uh, fairly basic property, and th- there was very little damage to it, and. and the, the amount of damage to the property wasn't enough to, to trigger the the insurance policy, but he he was very upset about this. And I remember him coming down to the office. So I, I, he wasn't wasn't too bad at the time when I initially went out there, but I remember him coming back to the office and, and shouting and screaming. He was outside. He said, oh, he wanted to speak to me. And um, he said, I'm going to get the president of the Bahamas onto you. Uh, and it's, it's very difficult to sort of to try and um, to deal with that. When, as you say, people have got a lot of invested and, and, you know, uh, feelings can run. Very high,
0: and what did the president of the Bahamas say? Did he
1: did he pick up his call? <laughs> he did. <laughs> did Dark and stormy's during lunchtime or something. <laughs> he, he didn't know. Uh, Fortunately, um, no. <laughs> he, uh, no, we managed to um yeah to not have to deal with the president. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Well, thanks for that. So
0: you've been tuned into Cardo Martin's Building Surveying for Professionals podcast. Thanks for listening, and thank you very much to Richard Pegman for joining us today. Okay, thanks very much, James and sharing is very interesting and rewarding stories about surveying abroad.